listening to the Lutheran Ladies Lounge podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Erin. I'm Bree. <laughs> and I'm Rachel. How many times have we, we done this? Always, well, we sit at different places each time, so I'm I'm always trying to figure out: what do we go the in the order? same order, or are we going like in room order? And so I always hesitate, and I'm sorry. We're going always in the same order. It's true. Okay. This is how we do this podcast on I the fly. I feel weird creeping in this corner uh, over here, too. Hey, Brie, you're over <laughs> in the corner today. Hey, girl. It's What's fine. Up? I love your earrings, though. You have some nice feather earrings going on. A little asymmetrical. Oh, I yes. can't see the other one. It's mm-hmm. hidden by the gigantic microphone. That's all right. It's fine. It's nothing there. It's, it's cool. It's a stud. Yeah. <laughs> so today is a special day in the Lutheran Ladies Lounge. We have our first guest, which is really exciting. Um we're expecting a really good conversation. No pressure, Heather. Uh, <laughs> uh, joining us in studio while she's on her You Matter tour, which I'm sure we'll hear about, is Heather Roosh, life issues and sexuality educator and author of Sexuality Mentality from Concordia Publishing House. Thank you for joining us in the Lutheran Ladies Lounge, a fancy recording studio. Oh, Taking hey, some hey. time. Oh, you bet. It's great to be here with you guys. Sassy girls. This yeah. is fun. It is, it's really fun to have another another lady on, on the podcast for the first time. Well, mm-hmm. it's an honor to be here. I didn't know I was the first guest. This you is are. incredible. I, I love it. I, know. I love it. So tell us about uh, either about yourself or what you've been up to lately. You've been up to a lot of stuff lately. I have. You know, life has been really busy, but I'm, I'm really blessed and grateful for the opportunities that God's giving um, to get out there and to start opening up some conversations about the value of human life um, and sexuality in our culture. I mean, these are super hot topics that we need to be talking about. Um, and I think, you know, to be able to, to open those discussions, um, uh, across the country with the You Matter Tour um, has been a great opportunity. It kind of started with the book, actually, mm-hmm. you know, coming out from CPH, Sexuality Mentality, creating a culture of biblical integrity. And and really, that is the conviction behind everything that I do, the resources that I write and produce, the speaking and educating. Um, and then, of course, the You Matter Tour um, is just, you know, looking at, um, you know, this, this incredible... Uh, generation, this culture that we live in right now, and how do we as Christians um, meet people where they're at? How do we approach ourselves and other people with grace, but also speak the truth in love and let people know that there is a better way? Um, You know, this wasn't always, uh, this wasn't God's plan at all for our lives. And so I always say we need some context. We need to be able to back up and and figure out exactly um, you know, what, what God's plan is on things when it's an, an issue of heart and mind. Um, and so that's what I've been doing. You know, wrote the book, Sexuality Mentality um, for CPH. That was an incredible opportunity to start getting some resources out there. I've been working with Lutherans for Life, mm-hmm. helping them develop some, some great resources. Um, and then about a year ago, we started uh, conceptualizing the You Matter Tour the reason that that we started uh, looking into that and trying to figure out um, how to how to approach this was because we it came to our attention that suicide rates in the country between um, fourteen and twenty five year olds is the highest that it's ever been in all mm. of history. Oh. Um, and then you know the the Center for Disease Control announced that we are in the midst of a sexually transmitted infection epidemic in our country with one in two sexually active people um, contracting an STI by the age of twenty five. Wow. So when you look at that, yeah, I mean, and so we know that that as God's most precious possessions, right? We have a relational God who has created us to be relational people. So where is it that that Satan is going to attack us? He's going to attack our relationships, right? And so um, that's what I see when I hear those those uh, demographics, when I hear those those numbers coming at me, the statistics. Um, I see Satan attacking 
our value. He, the, the things that God has placed value on in our lives, um, you know, our lives as human beings, as children of God. Um, but then sexuality, marriage and family, these are things that God has, has placed incredible value on. Um, and so now, of course, we're seeing Satan diminishing that value and twisting and distorting that value. Um, and and it's, it's separating us. Mm-hmm. It's separating us from our community of people that God has given us. Um, and then ultimately, it's, it's separating us from God. Um, so so it's incredible. You know, the You Matter Tour is an opportunity for us to get across the country. Our goal is to reach 100,000 students this school year wow. um, with the You Matter message that your value in Christ is the most important issue on the table. Um, if you don't know your value to your creator, then you're, you're not able to see that value in anybody else around you. And it changes the way that you see yourself and others and the way that you approach God himself. So we're doing uh, faith-based assemblies. Um, in school systems. And actually, we did our first public school um, assemblies last week. It was really incredible. So we're, we're starting to toy with that a little bit. Maybe we'll be branching out. Um, I'd love to hear some feedback from, from the ladies. Should we do this? Should we not? I don't know. Um, what do we think about that? And then also... Um, we, we follow that up then with an opportunity in, in the evening for parents and, and pastors, youth leaders um, to come together around what we call a, a roundtable discussion where we can talk openly, ask anonymous questions, talk about these things and um, come together as the body of Christ to, to address it. So. Long story short. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> Do you say we wanted this, to keep this, this a within podcast. a certain time can, limit? I mean, we uh, can go for four hours. Right? I speak for a living. So. <laughs> Well, Heather, with with your experience with, with life issues and in having these conversations with pastors and lay people and students, what should Lutheran ladies be talking about that we aren't? Where where are we where are we not getting into the conversation that we should be? Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, I think that's a great question. And, and you know, in, in preparation for this, I, I really welcomed the challenge. You know, what <laughs> is it? I don't know. What are these things? And it brought me back to my days serving as the Crisis Pregnancy Center director um, when we would get together and we would have these, like, coffee clutch times together in the church and, you know, in the community. And, and I had a lot of that interactive time with other Lutheran women um, at that point in my life. And what were the things that we talked about then? Um, and a lot of it was focused around our children, you know, the well-being and and the concern that we have for our children, for our families, that our kids grow up happy, healthy, safe, strong, faithful. Um, and I think that's only increased. I mean, we're talking 10, 10 years ago now, um, but I think that has only increased, um, you know, as the as the, the years have gone on. Um, I think there is an increasing pressure on our children and our families, um, you know, to, um, you know, to walk the walk. Um, and and talk the talk, but but what does that mean? You know, according to who? And so I think you know one of the things that where that led me then is you know we live in a society where everything has become subjective, mm. right? So as Lutheran ladies, I think it's really important, um, especially in our vocations um, as moms and wives and teachers and educators and um, homemakers and all the, the different places, you know, business women, podcast, amazing, <laughs> crazy, <laughs> wonderful ladies. I mean, in every vocation, grandmothers, you know, that we serve, that we um, that we understand that God's value of human life is not subjective. And then looking at that, um, allowing that to be the filter. I would say there's a blue dot, right? What's your focus on? Mm. Whatever your focus is on, that's what everything else in your life will come back to and radiate out from. So if your value to your creator, if our value in Christ um, is that blue dot, um, then everything else radiates out from that and comes back to it. And I think... um, 
when we understand, you know, looking at all the different varying factors in our in our uh, world today, um, the subjective things that we're trying to figure out and we're trying to do well, we're trying to, to teach and instill in our children, um, you know, I think understanding that our value to our creators is the one not, never changing thing. It's the one thing that doesn't change. And that's that changes the way then that we perceive everything else that we approach. I was thinking about this recently and talking with another friend, and I was talking about how it seems like in our culture, we put such an emphasis on our identity coming through our sexuality and that that's the place where we get ultimate fulfillment. Mm -hmm. And so what does that mean then for people like myself? I'm not married. Um, I haven't been married. And, you know, am I am I somehow lacking in value? What does that mean for people who struggle with issues of sexuality? Is there, you know, how how do they can they find fulfillment from what how do we respond in that way and i was just thinking about how how much that is that's a challenge for us oh, to talk yeah. to plus it's a subject that we just don't yeah when do you want. sit around and say <laughs> right. i think we should talk about this you don't have an opportunity yeah. like, at what point do you engage these conversations um it, I, there are two things that i think of when you say that Erin. i think those are it's just a really wonderful insight and, and reflection um and uh, you know, the first thing is that uh, what did we think was going to happen? You know, we are surrounded by sexual propaganda um, at mm -hmm. every level. Mm -hmm. We are surrounded by it. Every time that we do a presentation um, on life issues and sexuality, I point out the fact that, you know, we are surrounded very often at subliminal levels, um, but then also in all the ways, you know, by by the sexual propaganda because sex sells. And, mm -hmm. you know, uh, modern, or modern consumerism and marketing tapped into that actually for the better part of 90 years ago. So this is nothing new. This is something that's been developing um, and it's been changing the way that we as as individuals in society, um, you know, look for value. And you're absolutely right. We are so focused, hyper focused on the physical body, the attributes um, and the value of, of what how good we look or how bad we look, how heavy we are, how, you know, thin we are, how tall, how short, how capable, how not, how talented. I mean, all of these things, um, you know, that are subjective Right. Mm -hmm. And changing dependent upon who you are, your circumstances, what's going on in your life. And and I think that is the the greatest downfall of our time, because you're right. What about the single person who doesn't ever get married? What about the person who says, I am questioning my sexuality and I don't know that this is pleasing to God? Right. What do we say when this when the conversation gets a little uncomfortable or a lot uncomfortable? <laughs> where do you go when you have no point of reference, when you have mm -hmm. no context? Um, and I think overwhelmingly, that's the greatest comfort that we have as Christians to offer is that the value of human life, you know, your value in Christ, physical, social, emotional, spiritual, um, you know, mental, you as a whole person, your value is not subjective. It is never changing. And God is working in your life. I mean, one of the greatest things that, um, you know, I found is that we all have a story to share um, for the purpose of furthering the, the kingdom. And I call that our tongue and our testimony. Mm -hmm. You know, we have, um, you know, we have things that God's brought us through. Right. And and we have painful, broken moments in our lives where we cannot make sense of what it is that we're feeling or going through. Um, and yet, you know, God does bring us through those things. And we're able to see how he uses our story to come alongside somebody else. Um, and he, he is faithful. He is always faithful. Um, but sometimes we just have to wait a minute, 
right? But I think, you know, I, I always go back to what what did we think was going to happen? I don't think we actually thought about it. I don't mm -hmm. think we actually, I think this culture is becoming very, very superficial. We don't think deeply and pull things apart very often anymore. We just are, you know, kind of full of stereotypes. Um, like one of the things that I talk to young girls about all the time is this quote, my body, my choice. Mm. You know, and I, I've had the opportunity to sit down with a couple of high school girls who were writing uh, uh, argumentative papers. And, um, and you know, they were supposed to present both sides of the story. Um, and their teacher had them call me in because they didn't have a real strong pro-life side. Um, mm. And so sitting down and talking to them and, and reading through their papers, they're really intelligent girls with great information, great uh, research capabilities. Um, but their, their stories were full of pro-choice stereotypes, you know, mm. things, uh, lingo that's been thrown example? out there. Um, my body, my choice is the mm -hmm. first one. The, 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 the first thing that these girls will say is my body, my choice. And I'll say to them, OK, what does that mean? Because mm -hmm. it does sound good at first. It's my body. It should be my choice, whatever it, it is. Mm -hmm. Right. That sounds good at first until you dig a little bit deeper and you say, OK, so it's your body. Absolutely. Um, but what's the choice? What are we talking about? Pull that apart for me. And then they have to think about it. Well, um, uh, you know, whether I want to keep my baby or not. Okay, I get that. Um, but now, what are we talking about then? Getting them to think about how do we pull this apart? Now, what are we talking about? Are we talking about abortion? Okay, what does that look like? And very often, I mean, very often, they don't know even what it looks like. Um, and so when you're able to help them pull that apart and say, this is actually what we're talking about. And actually, you know, your body is not your own and you're not just a physical body, but you know, this will affect you in your mind and in your, in your, in your emotions, the way that you feel and the way that you perceive yourself and the memory of that child never goes away. Mm -hmm. And I'm speaking to you from a place of love and concern because I have sat with, with so many young women and men in your position um, who who chose to have an abortion and and because they had felt like they had no other option right so to be able to sit and think more deeply to talk about it at a deeper level um, to make it more than just a superficial physical body which is exactly how we're trained to look at our sexuality um, at our value and especially when it comes to it you know the very you know uh, delicate issue of abortion. Um, we're trained to look at it as though we're just a physical body. And, and so when we're able to move past that and say, hold on a second, there's way more to you. And therefore, there's way more to your child. And there's way more to your boyfriend or girlfriend or your spouse. There's way more to every person around you. It changes the conversation. Mm -hmm. It really does. What I hear you offering is a really strong defense against, you know, the the brokenness of our of our current sexual milieu. Um, I'm wondering, though, how we as and I have an idea for this just to get you started, but how we as Christians can sort of take back the conversation and go not just not always be practicing defense against the hookup mm -hmm. culture mm -hmm. and, yeah. you know, the LGBTQ issues. Mm -hmm. um, and one thing that I have been trying very consciously to do with my own children and and just in general, you all listeners out there probably hear this on the show a lot, is to demonstrate the positive nature of my marriage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't necessarily identify as hetero or homo, although I am very hetero, but I identify as married to my husband, mm -hmm. you know, and I want the conversation about sexuality for me to always be 
within my own marriage. And so talking about my marriage in positive ways with my kids, they think I'm obsessed with their dad, which is probably true. Um, <laughs> That's a great thing. <laughs> yeah. It is. So what, but what are some ways that yeah. we can really go off defense and onto mm, offense yeah. in a loving way? I, I take back that conversation. Absolutely. I think it's, you know, that really is the heart and core of, it, of what we're trying to do, isn't it? Um, and I think you're right. I think as, you know, people who are blessed with a strong family structure, I think that, you know, there are ways for us to definitely, um, you know, highlight and and be proud and, and show people, show the world, um, you know, the, the wonderful gift that we have in our family, our, our spouse and our children. Um, I think, unfortunately, what we're, what we're seeing right now, though, is this, you know, breakdown of the modern family. Um, and we have a lot of parents and a lot of of youth who really very much want that strong family structure, um, but don't know how to get it. And so, you know, I actually go back as part of the You Matter tour at the very end. What are we, I mean, here we've given you, we've we've now outlined how this happened, where we are, what God says about it. Now, I'm not going to just send you out the door <laughs> and not tell you like, okay, I know you want a happy, healthy, safe, strong, faithful future, but now how do you get it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we have, as Lutherans, one of the most incredible incredible things at our disposal that we have to share with the world. And this is probably the greatest takeaway that I want to leave with the ladies today um, is to embrace our Lutheran faith and heritage in the divine service. Mm -hmm. We as Lutherans have tangible Jesus, right? If we want to get culturally um, uh, relevant, right? We have tangible Jesus. We do not just feel Jesus in our presence, right? We don't just experience him. When I am you know, speaking with teens all across the country, I say to them, why do we go to church? And they say to praise God. I'm like, amen. We are praising God at church. Why are we praising God? Why? Because he gives us everything that we need in order to get through this life because he has deemed us. I loved it in, in um, you know, the service today uh, here at chapel. He said, you know, we are a sacrifice of thanksgiving, you know, to our to our God. Yeah, exactly. Because we we sacrifice ourselves daily um, momentarily in thanksgiving for all that God has poured out on on us through the blood of Christ. Um, So tangibly in our baptism, God writes his name on us and we can tell the world about that. And we are joined with Christ. And one of the things that I say all the time is that when I used to, when I was younger, I would go school shopping and it was my favorite time of year. Um, And I think a lot of moms out there can relate to this. You know, (laughs) it was my favorite time of year. My mom probably didn't love that. Right? I mean, I know. It's like the best time of year, right? (laughs) Oh, Brie, I bet you love school shopping. Oh, yeah. Right? Mm. All the Until you take four people (laughs) and drop like hundreds of dollars (laughs) And yeah, back to reality, right? Lisa Frank. Yes, Lisa Frank. Oh, oh, Lisa. Oh, okay. Yeah, totally. Yeah, flashback. Um, (laughs) But when I got home, I would write my name on every single thing. I mean, my every colored pencil, every marker, every notepad, everything had my name on it. I did that because I didn't want anybody stealing my stuff. Hmm. Right? Don't touch my stuff. Exactly. (laughs) And I always say that's how God feels about you. Right. When God, when in our baptism, God writes his name on us and he says, keep your hands off my trapper keeper. That is mine. I don't want anybody stealing my stuff. Right. So when we're questioning our, our identity, when we're questioning, um, you know, especially our, our place in a broken family, um, when we feel as though be, because we come from a broken family that we cannot have a broken family or a, a healthy family, um, I think, which is, is actually where a lot of our, our youth are today. Um, and even, you know, experience with um, 
with friends who are in the midst of broken marriages or seeking to find, you know, um, a healthy marriage, a healthy relationship. Um, you know, our, our past really does stay with us. And, and Satan, you know, this crisis of conscience where Satan steps in and says, you know, you're not good enough. This is never going to happen for you. This is never, this is not for you. You're, this is not going to work. You know, and all that doubt and, you know, he plants those seeds of doubt and, um, and what does that ultimately do that, that separates us from, from our community? It separates us from God. Um, but instead, the Holy Spirit really, you know, has an awesome, beautiful way of coming in there and saying, no, that's actually a lie. That's, that's not the truth. That's not how this works. I, you know, I am going to give you life and give it to you abundantly. Come to me, receive me over and over again, not just in your baptism where you find your place in the family of God, um, but also, you know, when you receive the forgiveness of all of your sins and you are washed clean, when you receive, um, you know, his blood and his body that restores and strengthens, right, and, and, and sets us anew. Sets our physical bodies, our emotional, our social bodies, our our mental bodies anew. Um, you know that's an incredibly powerful thing. Um, and then when we hear the word that guides our lives, we receive Christ over and over and over again. And what comes from that? What is produced from that? But fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self control. You know, all of those good things that come from the spirit, from receiving Christ over and over again. I mean, that is, I think, you know, getting back to your question, Rachel, that is the greatest testimony that we have. And when I'm talking to students, you know, you know, that is my encouragement. Get get to church. Where do you go to, to buy socks? You go to Target, <laughs> Walmart. Where do you go to buy groceries? You go to, you know, Schnucks or wherever. Um <laughs> Where do you go to receive Jesus? Are we telling our kids? Are we being the example to our children that this is the only way to get through this life, right? To receive Christ over and over and over again, because ultimately God does not need anything that we have to give him, but we need everything that he has to give us um, in order to get through the world. So I think through that testimony um, of, of action, right? going and receiving Christ, you know, that is, that's powerful. And I, I really believe that we've diminished that and turned it into something that's, that's maybe perceived as irrelevant in our day and age. And yet at the same time, it is the most relevant thing. It is the loudest thing that we can speak without saying a word. Mm-hmm. Did you have any follow-up, Rachel? Otherwise yeah, I have a question. I'm, well, I mean, <laughs> completely different tangent here, but I love where you're going. And I think it's really wonderful that you're highlighting the significance, especially of Holy Communion, in which, you know, if you think about what happens when you eat something and how it physically pervades your entire being, Mm -hmm. that that really is sort of a flip side to, um, you know, wrong sexuality, you know, where you're physically connecting with another person in a way that is not God-honoring and not good for you Mm -hmm. versus physically connecting with Christ. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't want to go too far down this path because it gets us into some uncomfortable territory. I know, Aaron, you wanted this, but <laughs> <laughs> yes. But we have a physical solution, a physical and spiritual solution to a physical and spiritual right. problem. Mm-hmm. I guess is what I'm going. Here. Yeah, mm-hmm. very beautiful, mm-hmm. and I agree with you. And you know, um, you know, when I think it's really important here to also include this because um, it's very easy to confuse sex with love. 
And I think that's what we're seeing, especially because we are surrounded by this superficial cu- culture that is hyper-focused on the body, right? And our value in our physical body and our capabilities. And and you're right, the, the beauty, you know, an attractive sexual desirability of the body. Um, and, um, and so it's very easy to confuse sex with love. Um, you know, sex gives you that momentary feel good, right? Um, that closeness, that deep connection that I think so many, obviously, is innate in every one of us um, because we have a relational God who's created us to be relational people, right? Um, however, uh, you know, when we when we see people in, in our culture today who are struggling with, this, with, with sexual sin, um, you know, I, I, I think... I think, you know, I used to think, you know, if it was my place to step in and change them and be like, I'm here to save you, right? Um, I just can't, I, I have to do something. And ultimately, I think what God has shown me um, over the last 12 years of working in life issues and ministry and, and, and teaching and learning more and more about teaching biblical sexual integrity um, is, um, you know, every single one of us is on our own journey. There is a reason. There is a deep conviction. These feelings, these temptations, um, you know, this place of for whatever reason that we seek sin in general, right? Not just sexual sin, but sin in general. You know, these there's something behind that. There's a wound behind it. Um, It's a weakness that we have that Satan totally taps into. Um, And so, you know, when I this is the best example that I have, especially when coming alongside um, any sin, but especially when dealing with sexual sin, because I know that's something that everybody wants to talk about. If my daughter, Sophia, was walking down the street and she tripped and she fell and she cut open her leg. Sophia's in seventh grade, by the way, and she is a little clumsy. Um, so that's why I'm using her as a example. Been there. She's awesome. We still love her. But she does. She still definitely there. does some really funny things if you're on, walking on the street with her. I so it's a natural. I ankle stepping on a toy. Oh. So you can Hashtag just mom life. Me in this yeah. Uh-huh. Right? So, yeah. So Sophia's walking down the street, and she trips and she falls, and she gashes open her leg. And I stand above her, and I say to her, Sophia... God loves you so much. And she looks at me and she says, Mom, I'm in pain. I'm hurting. I I have a wound. I'm wounded. Help me. And I say to her, Sophia, God made you this way. She's going to look at me and she's going to say, what is going on right now? You have what I need to be healed. You can see that I am hurting. Help me. You Right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, so now if I stand above her, and I say to her, oh, here, I've got some things. Let me just, let me tell you about him. So Jesus is the only way, um, and he is the truth and the life, and he is the only healing for you. It's not going to work very well, right? <laughs> but if I bend down and I am in relationship with her, and I say to her, let me look. Tell me more. What is happening? What's going on? You know, How did this happen? Let's talk about this. And then I'm able to share with her the healing that I know, um, it's vastly more effective, right? Mm-hmm. So um, again, I go back to relationship. I cannot change people's choices. I cannot change, you know, um, what what the, the way that they live their lives. I can be in relationship with them. I can love them and and be with them. I mean, love your neighbor. What does that mean? You know, to be to, to be in relationship and to love and serve those that God has put before you. So if God has put someone before you um, who is facing any kind of sin, 
Um, but especially in our in our day and age in this culture, it tends to be that it's coming up more and more um, that that we have people who are buying into the lie that their sexuality is their value and their identity when it's just very actually a, a, a such a, a one a part of right? Their whole mm -hmm. physiological makeup and the incredible gift, um, the intricate way that God has created us to connect and relate um, here in this world. And so, you know, by being able to come alongside somebody in relationship with them is a really powerful thing. Um, I was I was speaking at an event with, uh, and there were a bunch of teenagers there, and there was a whole line of like really cool looking teenage boys at the back of this room. And I'm thinking <laughs> to myself, oh man, like, it's on. I don't even know. Like, what are, what are they going to do? You know, this is going to be great. I loved it, though. It was so powerful. And, um, you know, one of the kids, I gave that analogy and one of the guys raised his hand. He's like, hold on. Like, let me just get this straight. So what you're saying is that we as Christians have Jesus and Jesus is the only healing and because we have that, we have the truth, and so we're able to give that, give give that truth to people, and that truth is actually Jesus. And I was like, oh man, oh yes, <laughs> yes, oh, you know, one of those like obscene, like whoo, 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 like yay, yeah, exactly. That is exactly what I'm saying. And it doesn't have to be complicated. And it doesn't mean that I, you know, have to, I have to be the change in that person's life because we're not going to be the change. Mm -hmm. But we can look past, um, you know, the symptoms to the cause, which is sin. I mean, yeah, uh, we, we can be just as guilty of doing that to somebody else. Like we, we struggle with that ourselves. I think a lot of us do with identity and getting confused about where that comes from. But we can do the same thing to somebody else mm -hmm. when you when you look at them and you categorize them and you're like, oh, you're that you're that person. You're the yeah. one that struggles with that. And that becomes their their whole or or even if not their whole, like a a grossly overblown part of how you view them. And that's that's just as sinful. Yeah. Um, so to, let me blow your mind with something. Yeah. I agree. So so here's the thing that, <laughs> that I challenge blow people. My mind at all. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was that part, right? Okay. So here's sorry, here's what sorry, I challenge yes. people with: um, that the value of every human life is actually the most important issue on the table today. Mm -hmm. Every other single thing, every single other thing that we are faced with in our lives, that we are challenged with in our lives, will come back to whether or not you know your value to your creator. Because when you know your value to your God, I mean, think about it. God's entire existence, right, was to be in relationship with us, with you. So much so that when sin entered the world, he could not bear the thought of being separated from you, right? So he did the most drastic thing that he could do. He sent his son to die in order to restore that relationship, to take our sin upon himself. Because the very most important thing to our God is to be in relationship with us. That's powerful. That is at the heart of who, if we know that, that, I mean, that changes the way that I see myself. It changes the way that I see everybody else around me. It changes the way that I see and I approach God himself. And at the end of the day, you know what that does? Two incredible things. It restores hope over and over and over again. And it also means that I can sit across the table from somebody that I don't like, that I don't agree with, that I, you know, have nothing in common with, who has hurt me. I mean, it means that I can look at every other single person through that filter um, with the same regard, the same, you know, in intrinsic, um, unchanging 
respect and value. That, I mean, right? Yeah. The value of every human life is the most important issue on the table. And that's why we have to talk about it. It's true. And it's the ultimate identity, too, for those of, who are in Christ, mm-hmm. who recognize Christ has died for us, and not only for us, but for every human being. Yeah. So when you, you know, when Facebook asks you that question, what's your identity? Yeah. Ugh, you can say, I'm Child in Christ. Yeah. Like, my- this is my ultimate identity. And then when I look at you, I look at you through that lens of not what do I think about you, but what does he think about you and how can I live into that vision? Oh. I think mine is uh, quoted a hymn stanza, so that's appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> Brie, you have a question. So one of the things that I personally am kind of struggling with right now or observing is sort of this, and I don't know if it's a Lutheran thing or just a human thing, but there tends to be a lack of empathy for the people around us. Hmm, I was going to bring that up too. And so, so I, think it's, I think it's a human thing. What do, you, what do you tell someone, because based upon what I'm hearing today is it's very important to sort of meet people where they're at, get on their level, and just basically tell them what, what you know and, and love on them and just point them to Christ. And listen to them. And, and listen, mostly mm-hmm. in the form of listening probably is what I would say. Mm-hmm. Why do you think people are so hesitant to, like, probe a situation? Kind of like with what Aaron was saying is, I'm going to write this person off because of their identity or who they are or what they say. What is the source of that hesitance, do you believe? And what what would you recommend people do to sort of shift that paradigm of how they approach people? I think it's great. Did you want to say something, Sarah? No, that's yeah. literally the question that I was going to ask. So yeah. go for it. I think that's fantastic. <laughs> you know, and 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 there's a couple different things that I think about with that. I mean, in in my own life, my own experiences, the first thing that comes to my mind is I am constantly having to remind myself to slow down, right? Slow down and be present, be here in this moment for this person um, that you know just needs you to be with them. You know, and maybe it is just listening. Maybe it, it, maybe it's doing something together. But I think there's incredible power in just resting with each other, mm-hmm. being together in, in community. Right. Because the more you do that, the more these things come up. Right. You're not just going to sit down at coffee like we were kind of talking about before. When do you have opportunity to talk about the very sensitive things that we're going through? Um, put yourself in a vulnerable position, um, except that when you're with somebody you know, in relationship with them pretty consistently, even if it's just moment to moment or you build that, uh, that trust with someone. Um, so I think slow down for me in my life, I have to constantly be telling myself to slow down and be in relationship with other people around me. Um, but I also think, you know, there's a huge part of, uh, the stigma. Um, and I believe that it's, it's pretty politically charged in our, in our society today. Um, we are so, we've been so conditioned to not think deeper mm-hmm. um, yeah. about issues that um, our first instinct is almost like a fight or flight. Like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to say this thing. I'm going to say this thing that I think, this opinion I have, right? If, for example, I'll just say, I, if I went out and I said, I am pro-life, right? I'm going to have probably at least one person say something to me um like well my body my choice you know Mm -hmm. or you know um pro-choice is Mm pro-woman okay something something like that 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 we've all been trained to hear um 
but if we go a little bit deeper and then we'll hear that and we'll get intimidated by it and we'll just be like, oh man, I don't want to go there. Like, and I get that, but I, I really encourage people and I, I want to empower people to ask the, the, the next question then. Like, well, what? Okay, what does that mean? And, and to do it in love, coming from a place where you want to open the discussion, take the time. Well, what does that mean? Challenge people to think about what, what it is that they believe. Because very often, um, you know, you can give each other some food for thought. And I've had, I, I, I think my, the, my favorite conversations are the ones with people who don't agree with me. Mm-hmm. I love it because I gain such incredible insight. Um, Briefly, because I know that I just talk a lot. Um, but in May, I had an incredible opportunity that I think really speaks to this, Brie. Um, I had an incredible opportunity. I was asked to go out and participate in in, in a documentary for Refinery29. Um, it's a, do- a documentary that's called The State of Grace. Grace is a gay woman who um, is also a Christian. And her entire documentary series was based on... Kind of from the perspective of here we are, you know, 30 percent of the LGBTQ community uh, considers themselves to be Christian. And yet where is our place in the world? Where is our place in the church? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, how do we approach this? And so she had set up a couple of different documentary series. um, And the one that I was participating in, um, I was invited to come and be the person on the opposing side, the opposite side of the aisle, to Mm. sit and have a great open discussion about why I believe what I believe and she believes what she believes. Okay. Um, we had great open discussion. It was a fantastic opportunity to not only experience, but also to, um, uh, but to, but to challenge the way that somebody else was thinking. And she in turn got to do the same to me. Um, and, and what it did for me ultimately, after a couple of weeks of really, really spending time, you know, getting back in the word and really surrounding myself with some good, strong, um, you know, authoritative pastors and Christians, my husband mainly, um, <laughs> pastor's wife, your pastor is your husband, right? Um, but, you know, you know, it challenged me in ways that I would never, my mind would have never gone to that place. And it allowed me to, to have a, a better insight into the things that, that she believes and that she fundamentally believes because i think as christians especially we we tend to think um we tend to poo poo kind of this like well you don't obviously you don't really know because if you knew then you wouldn't be doing that mm-hmm. or um you know oh the poor thing just doesn't get it right mm-hmm. so we kind of fall into that which is i mean that's just the truth yeah it's sinful but it's the truth i, I think, think it's easy i yeah. think it is i think that's also one of the values, like you were able to do that face to face with the person, yeah. and yeah. I think we Social get media. into this habit. Yeah, exactly. Social media, yeah. Social media. It don't a do it. Match. Right. right. Don't Every, do it. You have to like, be the loudest person yeah. in all caps, yeah, yelling your truth. <laughs> like I think it's good it to engage on yeah. social media. Yeah. Please don't stop engaging on our Facebook page, right, ladies. Right. Uh, but <laughs> we need to seek out those opportunities, or at least when they actually come to us, mm-hmm. don't be afraid to actually engage and talk yeah. with that person who does have that different right. viewpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, and you and, don't have to be the authority. Right. God, right. I mean, like you, you're going to learn some Listen. things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen. Yeah. Yeah. And just try to. I and, think people yeah. have a deep need and desire to be seen, mm-hmm. to be heard. Yes. And one thing that I've been trying to do more in my own life is eye contact. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Eye contact, deep listening and also the ability, as you pointed out, Heather, in your in your story, to really respect someone else's journey, to realize that they have had a completely different set of factors, and that just because they don't 
see things the way you do, or even see things truthfully. It doesn't mean that they have not wrestled with the issues mm-hmm. and done so earnestly and with the resources they had at their disposal. And I think if you can recognize and respect that, that it can become the starting point for a really empathetic relationship. And I think just, you know, and this is a perfect place for us to kind of, you know, Leave conclude it. Yeah. is <laughs> it also means that their value is not mm-hmm. any different, is mm-hmm. not any less, yes, you yep. know, than mm-hmm. yours. Um, and that's one of the questions that breaks my heart when I when we we talk to youth across the country. I have so many kids who write, um, you know, does God love me even though I'm gay? Um, oh. You know, and and you know that question comes up so often, um, and and really, I think that's the kind of the heated part behind all sin, right? People see me differently because I am a sinner, um, and maybe my sin is more public than your sin. Um, and now people are identifying me by my sin. Why do we identify each other by our sin? We are all sinners in need of a savior. That is the greatest comfort that we have, and it's also the greatest truth you know, that we can share, um, that every single human life has value to Christ, and it is not subjective. It is not dependent upon even your sexuality, whatever sin it is, but recognize that sin separates you from a God whose only, only intention in this world is to be in relationship with you. Um, so recognize that and and then approach people and approach yourself accordingly. Heather, it's been so great having Amen. you in the yes, studio. Great. Um, this is this is a super extended version of the Lutheran Ladies Lounge, but I don't think anyone will be sad about that. Um, where can we uh, follow the You Matter tour, your book, uh, any all the things yeah. that you're doing for life issues? Um, I would love to be in touch with all you gorgeous ladies out there. So please um, stay in touch with me. Um, HeatherRoosh.com is uh, my personal website, but also um, if you just go to the YouMatterTour.org, it actually brings you to the same one, and it's easier to remember because Roosh is hard to spell. So um, go to You Matter Tour. Yeah. I always tell people it's double O's. It's not. But yeah. It's really not. But go to youmattertour.org. That is where um, you can find out more about the tour. Bring us in. We would love to come to your school, your community. Um, and I mean it. I want to hear what you guys have to say about bringing this message into the public school system. Um, and I would love your encouragements and your prayers. Um and then, um, in addition to that, we are on every social media outlet. We are mm-hmm. on Snapchat. We are on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, I have personal accounts. I have uh, You Matter Tour accounts. I have a Life Issues speaker, an educator, <laughs> author um, account. And if you're friends with me on all of those, you get three doses of the value of human life every time I post. There you go. So, um, no, it's, it's great. So, please please follow us. Um, the You Matter Tour, one of the things that we do is uh, we post a You Matter song of the day. Every morning, because mm-hmm. I really believe that when you put yuck in, yuck comes out. But when you put good things in, you start your day off remembering your value in Christ. Um, it changes the way mm-hmm. that you that you approach the rest of your day. So the intention is that anybody who's on social media, especially students out there, but you know us as adults as well, um, that we would be able to go on and get that daily dose of worth um, in our Creator. And um, and so follow the You Matter song of the day. We have a playlist on Spotify that's free, um, and we do post a lot of. We try to really include a lot of good Lutheran doctrine in there as well and pull it apart like this is how 
and this is why. Um, and and that's I think that's a fun thing. So awesome. Yeah, I see those on my Insta stories. Mm-hmm. It's cool. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful. Uh, so uh, the youmattertour.org. And I should also say that sexuality mentality is available at cph.org as yes, well. Yes, of course. Um, the book. It's a great place to start off. And then we also have a faith course that goes with it. Yes. It's a free download. Um, and so we've got a fantastic uh, opportunity to get to dig a little deeper with a little mm-hmm. five minute video at the end of each chapter. So um, it's a really easy read if you want to, um, you know, get empowered to join into this conversation. If you just want to, you know, get a little more information about the value of every human life and how that impacts us um, as the most important issue on the table, read <laughs> Sexuality Mentality. That's why I wrote it. Um, Perfect. So- yeah, thanks thank so much, guys. Heather, for being oh, in the Looping yeah. Ladies Lounge. As yeah. always, <laughs> there you go. standing, standing <laughs> ovation. Um, as always, you can find episodes of the Lutheran Ladies Lounge at kfuo.org slash Lutheran Ladies Lounge. Join us in our Facebook group, the Lutheran Ladies Lounge. You can join in on all of the all the conversations. We'd love to hear about uh, this conversation from you. If you have insights, I'm sure Heather would also like to hear that as well. Hey, I am part of the Lutheran Ladies Lounge. And Heather's in yeah. the Ladies Lounge Ooh, Facebook group. So yeah, you can talk to her directly. I'm a lady. There you go. <laughs> You're listening to the Lutheran Ladies Lounge podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Erin. I'm Bree. And I'm Rachel. Views and opinions expressed on the Lutheran Ladies Lounge podcast may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO Radio, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. The Lutheran Ladies Lounge is produced by KFUO Radio and available at KFUO.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Join our community on Facebook in the Lutheran Ladies Lounge.